Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sai. That's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I've built to predict various sports outcomes is affectionately known as Sideline. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode. It's set to cover the best and or most interesting college basketball games scheduled to be played on Monday, January 23rd, 2023. If you should hear, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new. For some explanations of community rules, don't forget that for all the model A-grade plays, you'll have to join the Patreon at the $5 or higher level. It also gives you access to the Discord chat, and that is the best place to get questions answered about these or other games, along with discussion on other sports. Also, just a lot of fun over there. As always, remember there are no locks of gambling. So what Sideline provides are loves, likes, and leans. That is A, B, and C grades. The results for all recommended plays, the ones in this show, the model A grade plays, and all the plays of the day, can be found both on BetSip and the Google Sheet. All those links are in the show description. Thank you, Google Sheet. Also contains a full set of model projections on every single game. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to see will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, we're back here for a Monday slate. Last Monday slate was a little bit more exciting. This one, I feel like we're back to normal now. We've got two or three really good games, and then I feel like we're scraping to get two or three more good ones for the people, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's a reach to call anything after the what the third game. Third game, yeah. Uh-huh. It's a reach. Yeah, there's three. There's, there's three good ones. I think the I think the other two that we're going to cover of the five main ones have some intrigue and some reasons, but it's like it is a little bit like a stretch where these games you wouldn't even think about on like a on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday you wouldn't even think about these. It's like the Monday and the Friday slates are a little a little bit uh, uh, shorter, but there's pros and cons to all that, right? The, with fewer games, you can look a little bit deeper into these games, and that can be a good thing or a bad thing, right? Sometimes people overanalyze, right, or sometimes it's good to be able to spend a little bit more time with each game. It, it can kind of cut both ways, right? Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Because sometimes you can over, overanalyze it and paralyze yourself and then miss the play or just miss miss a good play because there's way too many games. Yeah, yeah. If, if if you're watching this and you have not overanalyzed a game, I, you haven't been doing this for very long. Because I think that's like we've all been there where we've just thought too long and too much about a game and outsmarted ourselves on it, right? Um, but like you said, there's also times when there's too many games and you just you miss something and you look back later and you go, man, if, there, if I just had a little more time to look over it, like this was obvious. I just overlooked it because there was so much happening, right? So again, it cuts both ways. Uh, but there are uh, four A-grade plays according to the model. We're going to talk about one of them here and some other plays that we like as well. But before we get to that, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I've already mentioned Patreon, but check it out if you haven't yet. Lots of great benefits we found over there above and beyond what we do here. $3 per month gets you the play of the day for another $2 a month. You get all the model graded picks and access to the Discord chat. And for $5 a month, you get ad-free shows and immediate access, early access to every recommended pick. Go to www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor for more details. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Let's get to the games. All lines courtesy of a domestic sports book, which shall not be named until they decide to sponsor us. Um, mm-hmm. We had the issues with uh, Bet Online. We still 
love bet online. You can still sign up with them in the show description. They still have early lines out, which is a great place to shop. We have one for bet us two two books that tend to have um, pretty good bonus offers early lines out some different options, uh, lower juice on baseball games. When we get to summer. So recommend those books, but trying to make sure that we have receipts for all of our picks in bet stamp. We are shifting to using numbers from a different book. Um, but we're just trying to just find the one book thing again. And just as a reminder, it, I really encourage shopping around. Uh, and I'm going to talk about a couple, on a couple situations here where uh, there are better numbers out there. I want you to get those better numbers. I just don't want to go find all those better numbers and make all those picks. And you say, yeah, I've only got access to half those books and you can't get those numbers. So we just kind of do one book to try to, uh, you know, kind of level the playing field, keep it even there. And then you go find either that number or something better uh, is the hope. Uh, anyway, all, all that aside, we'll get to it here. Uh, I'll answer it here at the time of this recording on late Sunday night. We're starting off at 6 p.m. Central Oakland at Detroit. This should be a fun game. You can see it right there in the total, 153 and a half. Although this is about 152 in some other places. So shop around and make sure you get a, a good number here at the book that we are choosing to use. 153 and a half, so a little bit higher, but I still think that's not nearly enough points. Sideline said 159 points. It has the model has severely underestimated the number of points scored in Detroit games over the last month, even capping for overtime and saying, or and capping just in general and saying we're not going to uh, account for for weird situations. The model's still underestimating the number of points. Detroit has a good offense. And they do not play defense. And they're going up against an Oakland team that also doesn't play defense. There's going to be no defense to be found in this game whatsoever. So, again, the model thinks closer to 160 than 150. So we're going to go over a number here in the low 150s. And also an A-grade play here, according to the model, grabbing Oakland at 5.5. It gets to A-plus status at 6. Um, obviously, even if it gets up to something like seven, that's even better. But six makes it a super high quality play. But even five and a half is an A grade play, according to the model. Model thinks Detroit by 3.9 on average, that they are slightly the better team, but not by that much. Obviously, they're home, but that's a really short road trip. Yeah. Um, uh, Oakland, Michigan, not Oakland. California, right? In case you didn't know. So it's a really short road trip here. Uh, so not a ton of travel, wear and tear on the legs, that sort of thing. Um, it, you know, again, Detroit may be just a slightly better team, but winning by a number like this is kind of a tall task when they're not that Oakland's not that good, but they aren't that good either. Should be a tight contest, should be a lot of points, kind of anything can happen game. So give me all the points and let's go over in this one as this total is not nearly high enough. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree. The overs of the play here. I mean, the best defense in this game is going to be Oakland, who Kim Palm's got as like the 322nd defense. <laughs> and that, like I said, that's the best defense in this game. Um, yeah. Offensively, Detroit, Detroit's going to shine. Like they've got a guy in Antoine Davis who is unreal. He's yep. worth watching. That's the whole reason, really, to watch this game is yep. him. Uh, yep. I mean, he's chasing Pistol Pete for the most points ever in NCAA. Not going to catch him. Nowhere near going to catch him, which that just tells you a lot about Pistol Pete because he didn't yeah. have a three point arc. Uh, yeah. But still kind of fun to mention that he's going for number two uh, or number one, but never going to, never going to make yeah. it. Uh, he's averaging 27 a night right now, hitting 40% of his threes. Uh, and he shoots almost every possession for him. I mean, he's got 434 attempts. The next highest is 160 on that team. Uh, he's just the entire thing. He'll have a monster game because Oakland doesn't play defense. Uh, his last five games in order go 27, 29, 32, 41, and 42. So I'm hoping for 43 just so we can keep counting. Uh <laughs> Oakland doesn't have a star like him, but 
you know, they've got a really good player in Trey Townsend. And, you know, if, if there was a team I wanted a guy like that to get me 30 on, Detroit Mercy's towards the top of that list. Yeah. Uh, if they're not going to get in his way whatsoever, uh, should just be a ton of points in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the stat that I saw, I can't remember exactly what it was for the Detroit guy that you mentioned, but it was something about he was the only player in NCAA history to, I think it was score 40 points in a game in all four seasons that he was there or something like that. I mean, it, it, I think he's, he might've set the three point record for career. He's got the three, three point made most three points. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know statistic because he's on his like sixth or seventh year. So. Yeah. But the, the bottom line is the guy scores a lot of points. He's pretty dang good. And yeah. uh, he'll score a lot of points. I think, I think everybody's going to score a lot of points. I think a water boy might score points in this game. If the defense is going to be played. Uh, pace should be there. It's not going to be quite lightning fast, but you're not going to have anybody slowing it down. And the defenses aren't going to be able to slow it down. So it should be lots of points and a game that again, who knows what the heck's going to happen. So give us the points of Oakland and going over hundred and 53. The 6 p.m. game that everyone wants to watch here, Duke and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's a one and a half point home favorite. I faded Duke a decent amount this season, and it's mostly worked. Uh, I've talked about the, the, the Duke tax, right? It's been paying it a little bit extra, but at some point, as Duke has struggled a little bit here, um, I kind of think now maybe it's the time to go the other direction. There's always a time when you got to reevaluate and say, is that the strategy you want to continue to use? or not at this point, I'm going to grab the point and a half with Duke. It's a B grade play according to the model. The model wants two before it gets to a status thinks that on average Duke's Duke wins this game by 0.7 points. It's got the wrong team favored. So I think taking Duke on the money line here also at like a plus one Oh five plus one ten something like that makes a lot of sense. Um, they're the better team. They are on the road. Virginia Tech's going to be fired up. Everybody's fired up to get Duke. So there's no question about that. It's going to be a rock and home atmosphere. Well aware of that Duke's used to facing that sort of stuff. And this Duke team, again, not, you know, tippity top of college basketball, but they're still a pretty good team And Virginia tech solid, but I mean, they're 11 and eight and I don't tend to look at records a lot, but I mean, 11 and eight, I think kind of fits where they are. Like they're a solid team, but they're not that good. I think Duke should be favored here. I think they should be favored by a point or two. I'm a little bit surprised we're getting points and or plus odds. Um, so I'm going to be on Duke here. Total is 138. The model says 137.4. So it says stay away from the total, but grab the point and a half or the slight plus odds with Duke. Jake, I know you like Duke. So I know you're happy with us. Big. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love Duke here. Um, like ACC play, not been kind to really either team, but yeah. more so Virginia Tech. Uh, their one win was their weird conference game at the beginning of December against North Carolina. After that, nothing has gone well. Uh, their offense really has fallen off a cliff. Uh, if you just take it down to just conference games, uh, the only categories they're not ranked in double digits in is free throws and offensive rebounds. Uh, everything And those that aren't that high, it's like eight and nine. They are just not very good offensively since ACC play happened. I, I don't know what changed. Um, their defense becomes just very average, uh, except for guarding the three-point uh, three line and offensive often, or opponent offensive rebounding. Other than that, they're just very, very average. Uh, Duke's numbers take a hit when you just take it down to conference play, but not as bad. Uh, they're still above average in both offense and defense. Uh, Roach coming back is big for them. Like we saw the benefit of having – like the Clemson game and the Miami game, two very similar games and how they played out. One didn't have Roach. They gave up a lead at the in the last five minutes. Miami, they're able to hold on. I think he's really the difference to be able to calm the offense down. Um, they struggle shooting the ball, especially from outside, but their offensive rebounding 
really erases that. They're the number one offensive rebounding team in the nation. Uh, Whitehead and uh, Lively seem to be playing a little bit better. I mean, Lively had five blocks last game. It's not Still not stepping up too much on the offensive end, but, I mean, Proctor has been big, though, while Roach is out. I think that still carries on. Uh, should be a super tight game. Duke with Roach is a win. I, like, I want to take for the show, I'm taking the plus one and a half, but personally I'd be playing the money line just because I think the odds are just better. Yeah, we tend to just do uh, points here because there's not a lot of money lines out when we do this, but I'm absolutely with you. I mean, they, grab the point and a half, split your wage or whatever if you want to. Um, you know, if, if you're at a book, sometimes books do this weird thing where the money line just is on something like this is only going to be like minus 105 or something. But shop rather should be, if you're if you're still seeing plus one and a half on Duke, you should be able to get a plus 105 or a plus 110 out there. And that would also be a, a pretty solid investment. Uh, when I think back to this last weekend, right, I took the points with Miami and that was a win and said they got a shot to win the game there. Miami's still a bunch better than Virginia Tech. That's really all there is to it. And that was home road split, right? That was at Duke versus Virginia Tech. But when you think about it, you know, Duke won the game by two. And I think that Miami's probably about as much better as Virginia Tech as the flipping the game location would be. And so at that point, I think I get Duke wins by two, right? It's not that simple, obviously. Um, and we're talking about what we what we expect on average to happen. On average, though, I would say a Duke two-point win makes a lot of sense. Again, one realization, you never know exactly what's going to happen. But uh, I think I think Duke's should be, should be favored in this game here. So we're going to be on that side in that one. And then also at 6 PM, we're going to take the over in the uh, Colgate at Boston game. I mentioned this before uh, our friends over at toothpaste over there, just don't play a lot of defense. And that's the bottom line. Uh, they got pretty good offense though. You know, just don't play any defense and Boston doesn't really have a great offense, but their offense is better than Colgate's defense is. So they should have an edge there. And they're at home. That's the other thing that I like about this over is that if this is flipped, I would still say Boston's offense has an edge when they have the ball, but on the road makes you a little bit more nervous. But at home, their offense, while not good facing a bad defense, they should score points. Colgate's offense is good enough, and Boston's defense is that good. Colgate's going to score wherever they go in this conference. So we know Colgate's going to get us points. I think Boston gets us points too. You can focus on team totals here, but I think just take the, the overall game over here. I think both teams put up points. Both teams can get us into um, well into the mid-140s, closer to 150, which where the model has it at 149 on average. We're going to go over on this one. Colgate is a five-point favorite. Model says 5.3. So it says to stay away from the side, just play the over 144. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, it feels really weird to take an over in a, with a team, including Boston. Like, with that <laughs> offense, it's so weird. But, I mean, Colgate can't guard your local YMCA team. No. Uh, they, they, But they their offense is insane. They lead the, team, lead the nation in effective field goal percentage, so they're always taking good shots. They're fourth and three-point percentage, ninth and two-point percentage, and they refuse to turn the ball over. Um, at the same time, they don't force turnovers, so Boston need just a little bit of help out of them, and this should fly over just as Colgate's offense is just nuts. I mean, another good thing going for Boston is Colgate's defense is so bad. I mean, Boston has an unreal amount of their shots blocked. Like, looking at this, like, almost 13% of their shots are blocked. Wow. It's just an unreal number. That um, means they're going for a lot of layups? Yeah. yeah. And I, mean, I would hope. If this jump shot's getting blocked, that's just sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, I mean, they shoot a decent percentage. So I guess when they not covered, it's going in. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, it was unreal diving into that. I just don't think Colgate's going to be in their way enough. So I think we're going to get flyover just 
a little bit of help out of Boston. It should be fun. Yep, absolutely. All right, and that'll take us to the 8 p.m. games. Kansas at Baylor. Baylor's played really well lately, been talking about that. Kansas has been a team that's been profitable fade, but talking about that, right? So I, I feel like a little bit of a broken record here, but just to recap, in case you're new here, we are now 10-5 and five fading Kansas with another successful fade of them over the weekend at home against TCU. Uh, Baylor's looked really good since they struggled early on, lost a bunch of close games, but Scott Drew just sticking with the game plan. It's paid off pretty well at home. The model says it should be Baylor minus 3.3. I'm going to back Baylor minus three. I really would love two. Uh, Baylor minus three is a C grade play, but if it drops to two, it becomes an A grade play. And that's because uh, the probability of winning by one is not extremely likely. So once you start laying, once you lay two, I've talked about this before, once you lay two, you are really likely not to lose. Um, Bottom line here is that I'm just not convinced Kansas is that much better than Baylor, if at all, really. I've been talking about that, that for a while it looked like Kansas was the best team in the Big 12, but I was always hesitant in that, and the bottom line is this Big 12 is just so dang good, and it's hard to really know who's going to beat who on any given night between Kansas, Kansas State, TCU, uh, Baylor, Texas, uh, Iowa State, right? You know, you got a bunch of really good teams there, and I think that this is a situation where you know the common person on the street is going to look at this and say Kansas plus three on the road is a great play and there's no such thing as trap lines that the odds makers are not trying to trap you. But I think what they are doing is they are saying if they make this Kansas minus two or minus one, where the common person on the street doesn't bet it, they know they're going to get loads of money from the sharps. I'm not the only person in the world that says Baylor minus two would be a very strong play. So I think they're holding it here at a pretty good number at three because it makes it a little bit tougher. To me, it's a little bit more of a, a smaller investment. I, I think it's the right side, but I am a little bit nervous. Baylor wins by two or three. And so again, I want to like two because then I push or win instead of push or lose if they win by two or three. So Baylor minus three, I think is the smarter play. Um, it, it's a fairly well set Line though it's a fairly well set total at 149. The models is 150. I've been talking about these Big 12 totals. They didn't go well for us on Saturday, but overall, playing most of these overs has gone pretty well for us. But I think they kind of finally caught up on this one. I'd still probably would lean over if I had to at 149, but it's getting up to a higher number that's just harder to hit overall. So uh, the total is just not a number I like up there closer to 150. It's back in the mid 140s, though. I'd be all over the over. Again, I think it's pretty well priced. The books did a pretty good job here. I think my favorite play, Baylor minus three, though. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, look, this is the best game of the night. Great watching game. Not a ton of value on the side of the total with the numbers right now. But, I mean, this game has a lot of questions, though. We'll see what happens. Like, can Bill Self ride a ship? Is he going to get somebody to step up and help Jalen Wilson, who's just carrying that team right now? And then has Baylor figured figured themselves out enough? Like, it's it's going to be wild. I mean, like, Kansas just let in 83 in back-to-back games. I know one was overtime, but um, – this finds it really hard not to back them here. Like you said, it just feels like at a spot. Like when's the last time Bill Self lost three in a row? But Baylor's offense is next level good. They do a great job of getting themselves extra chances by rebounding and forcing turnovers. Uh, they don't give it away too often. They make their free throws, and they're one of the best teams at sharing the ball. They have very experienced players on their roster, plus a lottery pick in Keontae George. Yeah. Uh, who's had already has eight games with 20 plus. And I mean, some of those against crap competition, some of those are against really good competition. Uh, 
I mean, in conference, Kansas has become a very average defense. Like, if you look at their numbers without just checking just the conference, you're going to see they have a good defense, which they probably do. It's just Big 12 is very good. They can make good yeah. defenses look average. Um, I don't know if two days is enough time to solve their issues uh, that TCU just exposed. Uh, there's no scoring outside on the bench. I mean, and Tennessee showed it earlier in the year. TCU really just showed it. If you can make Harris really in, not an offensive threat, they have a really hard time creating shots outside of Wilson. I mean, uh, he had 30 of their 60 points yesterday, shot most of the shots. I mean, Grady Dick didn't make uh, hardly anything. And they have no real inside offensive presence. So I, th- I think those are all the reasons that the smarter play is to put this on Baylor because they've got a more – rounded offense that's playing better right now. And I don't think Kansas is playing well at the moment. I mean, they were flirting with a disaster with two, one, two, and three-point wins. Lost yep. two in a row. I don't – like I said, two days, not enough to fix it. Three is – Baylor Lane three is the better play. Yeah, and I, I think you made a really good point there too about the way these teams are playing. You're talking about uh, George and how fantastic it's been. Watch, I watch a lot of Big 12, obviously, and watching the Baylor games – it seems like every game he just has a stretch where he puts up about 12 points in five minutes. Uh, it doesn't matter who he's playing here in conference. He's been really key to just upping his game um, here in conference playing, going from good to great. And that's that's been a, a huge thing for them. You have to like the fact that while Baylor has been doing it on offense and has been incredible at offense, I still think they have the chops to do it defensively and create the same pressures that TCU did. TCU got a lot of turnovers and easy transition buckets against Kansas. And I think that Baylor has the players to do the same thing. And you you got a really good coach in Scott Drew as well. And so I think that gives them the opportunity to kind of just replicate TCU's game plan because the game plan was just kind of, hey, pressure them and force some turnovers. And I think Baylor can do that, right? I think Baylor's issues on defense are more about the fact that kind of like you mentioned, right, the Big 12 in general is so good offensively that if you just play a set, you know, five-on-five half-court defense, all of the offense is going to make you look bad pretty much. And that's going to be the same thing that happens to Baylor. But they can put a little pressure on and get those turnovers just like TCU did. Uh, like I said, you have to like what you've seen from Baylor. They've been um, been challenged here lately, and they've been stepping up to those challenges, whereas Kansas hasn't. And so, uh, again, we're going to be on Baylor Minus three. The other game that you should make sure you check out, same time, 8 p.m. Central. I kind of wish this one, especially being at Nevada, was a, a later. Yeah, and, and at least an hour later. That way you can more focus on it. But either way, 8 p.m. Central, the other uh, great game of the night here, New Mexico at Nevada. Uh, Jake, we're talking about this, right? Between Nevada, New Mexico, and Boise, I think we've just played all these teams together. We've talked about all of them. Uh, and this is where we just do a highlight reel of talk about all the things we said and just splice those together. I think we're going to say the same thing. So we're going to go over 147 and a half. New Mexico plays very fast, has an incredible offense, decent defense, just not great. And Nevada, not quite as fast on their pace, but also an incredible offense and just an okay defense. The quality of possessions here should be through the roof. The model says 149. I tend to think this gets over 150. So at 147 and a half, I think it's a pretty smart overplay uh, right now the model has a b grade selection on new mexico plus two and a half i'm not recommending that though until it gets to three three is the number that i want to get there it, it, we've seen with a lot of these teams and a lot of these mountain west games 
a lot of close contests. And if you're getting three points, you just got a whole lot better chance to come out successful. So two and a half, you know, is, is the way to look with New Mexico, but not an official recommendation unless you can find a three. So instead of that, since it's not available to us right now, we're just going to focus on the over 147 and a half here. Should be a lot of points. Should be great offensive possessions to round out the night. Should be that in the Baylor game too. Should have a lot of points and a lot of fun, a lot of good offense in both those games. Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, look, I mean, we've talked about it. Nevada's got really good guards. They try to slow you down on the defensive end. Not really going to happen here with the way New Mexico plays. Um, but Nevada's actually fairly quick on the offensive end. Uh, they're one of the best free throw shooting teams, and they really depend on that as their field goal percentages aren't anything special. I mean, they're not bad by any stretch. There's just nothing really special to brag about with New Mexico State's speed and having just a really good offense. And they do a great job of finding looks not giving and not giving their opponents second chances. It should be a very fun game. A lot of points. Um, not surprisingly, New Mexico State quite quite the over team without shooting threes. They really they're one of the lowest three shooting teams in the nation. And it's not that their percentages is that bad. They just don't chew a lot of them because they're a very aggressive offense because they, they depend on getting a lot of points from the free throw line um, when they get fouled on their layups. Uh, they guard the three-point arc very well. I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference in this one. I, I think the tightness of this game plus the pace it's going to be played at um, is going to give us the extra points to get us a lot closer to 150 than this like 145 or anything that would go under this 147 number. And just like the one on a Friday that we had, we've got the possibility of overtime yeah, to get us there as well. Yeah. yeah, it should good cut game. You know, I would say based off of the spread here, probably an eight to ten ish percent chance of seeing overtime. So uh, if we get overtime in this one, it's almost assuredly going to go over. And if not, it still might fly over just because again, these offensive possessions should be really good. And speaking of overtime, that's where we're going to go now to one last game. Not a big one at all. It's not the worst game of the night. Which sometimes I feel like we have talked about the worst game of the night here. Uh, it's just going to be pretty bad. Uh, Chicago State at Coastal Carolina. Not only is it going to be a bad game, but we're telling you to root for an ugly game, too. We're going to go under 145. The model says 141 and a half. Um, you have two bad defenses, but you also have two teams that aren't really playing good offense and or with a lot of pace. And so it's not just about the defense in here. This feels more like an average type game of just kind of mediocre basketball, mediocre pace, mediocre, everything should be closer to 140 than this number. This number implies that we're gonna have good offensive possessions. And, and Jake, you just don't see the word good going with the offensive possessions for this one. Do you No, the, like the defenses are bad enough, but man, the offenses are, I mean, coastal is just barely above average. I mean, like, decimal points above average and uh, Chicago state's well below average on offense. I mean, they also play really slow and they play slow in the offensive end. They like to take their time because they know in order for the win, they need to limit possession uh, just totally. So the best way they can do that is taking their sweet time. Yeah. And it's not like coastal's got the defense. That's really going to force them in the turnovers and stuff. Uh, neither team is very good really anywhere offensively besides free throw line. Uh, the free throw line is – but that, that's not going to be a big issue here because I don't think the defenses are going to be close enough to the offensive players to foul most of the time just with how they play defense. And they don't rebound well. Neither team does. Nothing, <laughs> nothing great happening offensively in this game. I, I think they're really going to struggle to get to the 70s. And I think this is much closer to like a 74-68 type game or something like that where it's uh, like 
maybe low 140s, maybe upper 130, uh, 130s, right in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is one where it's not quite this simple, but I kind of see three ways this game plays out. A, you have a track meet, and that could just happen. Chicago State just could you know, get hot and, uh, you know, their defense is bad. So Coastal at home should score some points, right? And, and you could just have a track. That's one of the three ways. One of the other ways that things I see happening is Coastal just runs them out of the gym, right? That's very possible to speak at Coastal. At Chicago State may be a different story, but at Coastal, they could just run them out of the gym. And if they do, uh, you know, given Chicago State's offensive struggles, I have to assume that's a game that just has a sleepy second half and Coastal wins at something like 80 to 60. And that gets you about 140, should stay well under. The third thing is if Chicago State hangs in there in this game, I think it's going to be because, like you talked about, they want to uh, you know, limit the possessions, drag the game down, and it's going to be a tighter, lower-scoring contest where we're going to be at like 65-63 with a minute to go. That's kind of the way that they hang in there and, and make this a ball game. Two of those three ways we go under. So again, it's not quite that simple, right? I'm not saying there's a two out of three chances hitting. I think it's probably a little bit too high, but it's one of those things where I think there's just a lot of ways that this can be under and only really the one main way where I think it goes over. So under 145 here, just too high of a number uh, for us in this one. That is all we've got for you here today for your Monday, Jake. Any parting words? No, I'm just ready to get at it. I'm very excited for this Duke Virginia Tech game as a fan. I've liked what John Shire did. And that Miami game, going switching to that three-two zone, I think that's going to be something you will see a lot more of because that was very nasty. There you go, a little nugget at the end, I guess. If that zone uh, helps Duke run away with this one, then uh, we'll say you heard it here first, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can show all the sports betting content we've brought on this channel. Jump right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more college basketball betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can get your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.